Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about Dominion 2020. Fans in attendance, and man, what a surprise ending. And of course, what happened at Dominion carries into my power rankings for this week. Very controversial number one. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll talk about social media here in 2020, especially leading up to a match with Cody Rhodes and Sonny Kiss on AEW Dynamite. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Big show this past weekend uh, on many levels, and that is what took place at Osaka Joe Hall, Dominion 2020. Which, which hall was that? Which hall was that? Osaka Joe Hall. <laughs> Can you please repeat the name of the hall? Osaka? I can't, I can't, I have to say it with, it's like Monty Python. Monty? Who's Monty? Yeah, I can't say. Is that I his second say, cousin of Monty? I, I, can't, I could say Monty and I could say Python, but I can't say Monty Python. You really can't say Monty Python? I could say Monty and I could say Python, but I can't say Monty Python. Okay, so tell me the name of the venue that Dominion took place in. Osaka Joe Hall. <laughs> Sounds like you're saying Sacagawea. <laughs> oh, Osaka. Joe. Spell, spell it. Osaka. O S A K A. Joe. J O. Hall. You said Hall. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Osaka Osaka Hall. Okay. All right. So here we go. So, really good show. I watched it on New Japan World. Um, and really some significant things coming out of that show, especially in the main event the whole weekend leading in uh, to what took place at Dominion early yesterday morning. I watched it uh, last night. And one thing that really kind of grabs your attention right off the bat, Bully, is the fans in attendance because there were fans in attendance. And uh, I actually sent uh, a picture to Gabby and, and Guns if they want to tweet it out. 
it's it's funny because you had I I I would say like a few thousand people in attendance, everyone wearing masks. There there was social distancing. So like say you know me and my family went, we would sit together. And then there would be spaces in between, seats in between, and then other people. So I I found that very interesting because here in the States, obviously, we're not even close to being able to do something like that. Though it sounds like maybe something similar to that is going to happen with the NFL because they're all prepared to open up, uh, even though yet to a smaller capacity, their stadiums for games. So I'm wondering especially now with so many spikes here happening in the States in Japan, I think it's a little bit different though, you know, in Japan, they're kind of used to like wearing masks in public, even outside on the streets. So everyone being safe, wearing masks, social distancing in place. And man, if you listen to the crowd and bully, as you know, the Japanese crowd, very, very different to the U S crowd. You don't get the chance. You get the polite applause so because of the applause and not getting the screaming and the chanting, it sounded like any other Dominion that I've seen in the past. What did you think of the whole show? I thought the show was fantastic. And the main event, and I have my power rankings coming up at 10. And listen, if for those there's who have There's no way seen you it, can botch number one this week. No. There's It'd no, be there's, virtually impossible. It's impossible. Though, I will say this bully with my number one on my power rankings, as impossible you say that it could possibly be, I think there are going to be people who are pissed off at my number one. Dude, your your number one is very, very, very easy this week. Yes, please, it is. Please don't screw it up. I I'm very confident in my number one. All I'm saying is I think there are going to be people upset at my number one. Uh, all right. Well, the, the, will will uh, uh, do the power rankings. Okay, but bully, I'm stuck. I'm between a rock and a hard place. No matter who I put at number one, there's going to be people upset at my number one. You don't think so? Um, I don't think there's any. It's not even a contest for your number oh. one this week. The, uh, bully, I have never been as confident in my, in my number one with my number one that I have this week. Like, oh boy. I know Here I've used the, the swerve. Yeah, I, I, the swerve. I know that I've said the term head and shoulders before, but to me, the number one is head and shoulders over to number two. You pick Charlotte again? No, that's that's okay. well, she's not wrestling. So she okay. wouldn't be. But, <laughs> she wouldn't uh, have to. She All she has to do is tweet for you to put her at number one. Yeah, she was, well, and, and she, she did, did have an interesting, a lot. She had a lot of interesting tweets about, you know, like her, you know, some of the problems she had with her breast implants. She's been very, very open about that because she said that a lot of people are assuming things. A lot of people are asking a lot of questions. So she just decided uh, uh, in the afternoon yesterday to like, hey, I'm going to throw out everything uh, about what what I went through and what happened with me. You know what's crazy? You know, I'm reading through all of her tweets, and I'm like, dear God, the fact that she actually has to take to Twitter and explain herself. Nobody has to explain themselves. Okay, she went, she's leaving because she wants to go have surgery. And it sounds like it's surgery that is absolutely positive, you know, positively necessary. Yes. For yes. her health reasons. Yeah. And you get people on social media who are just dicks about the whole thing. Yeah, it's uh, it, first of all when you decide to have surgery is a very personal thing. 
I mean, you know, whether you decide to have a surgery or not to have a surgery, that's no no one can make that decision other than the person that's got to go and actually have that done. So there's been athletes that needed to have a surgery to keep on playing. They decided not to. That's their decision. And the same thing here. I mean, but like you said, this is like, I mean, poisonous, things that are poisonous in her body that, you know, could be detrimental, could cause death. I mean, you know, to me, like making that type of decision and the fact that she felt like she actually said that the reason she was tweeting because she was bothered that more than you she actually said more than you know the tweets on social media are bothering me personally imagine having to go to that length because people's tweets are actually bothering you because it's personal it's a personal decision i mean that is definitely one of the negative things about social media nowadays bully is that somebody has to actually go out there on an afternoon over a sunday and actually put out information to the public because she's actually offended and hurt by some of the tweets that are out there on social media and yep i i, I totally i get it i i guess at times social media can get to people and they feel the need to explain themselves. I kind of scratch my head when I see wrestlers responding to negative tweets that are coming from pretty much the most bottom feeding of the bottom feeders Mm -hmm. with no profile picture, no followers, no nothing. It's like if a tree falls in the woods Does it really make any noise if you're not there to hear it? Well, if a person tweets at you, but they have no followers, what's the big deal? Just let it go. And you see some wrestlers just retweeting and answering. And all they did was bring light to a tweet that nobody would have seen in the first place. Bull, you make such a great point because there was something somebody tweeted about Sonny Kiss and the match that he's having with Cody Rhodes on Wednesday. Yeah, the guy had no followers. He had he had eighty two followers. He had eighty two followers. So now, and I'm getting upset because like all these wrestlers and fans are taking that tweet and they're commenting on that tweet. So now, like I look at the comment section and now there's thousands of comments and likes and everything. This guy had eighty two followers going in. So now, like, I I understand that you're trying to make a positive message out of just ignorance, but now you're spreading that ignorance. So somebody somebody whose tweet was only going to be seen by 82 people is now being seen by 15,000 people or maybe more because everybody's tweeting it, everyone's commenting, people are retweeting. Now that ignorant comment about Sonny Kiss is everywhere where it should have just died on the vine to his idiotic 81 or 82 followers. And if you took a look at the guy's account, those 82 followers would have probably have been bots and not even real people that had real opinions about what was really going on in the wrestling business. So you really got wrestlers. Listen, as much as we come on the show and we talk about positive and negatives that go on in the ring, you know, outside of the ring, I think, I think wrestlers need to be a little bit more judicious with what they decide to answer, you know, work your social media. Don't let your social media work you. There's no reason to respond to certain things because those things didn't make any noise. Maybe it resonated with you, but who cares? 
Let it just fly off, you know. You know, let yeah. it just ripple off your back, just like if you're, just like if you're, you're, you're wrestling in front of twenty thousand people, and somebody in the front row ch- shouts out, "You suck! You're horrible! You're a fat ass!" But whatever, who cares? Yeah, just and, and I, the show. I, and I get guilty of that too. We can do a show, and I go to, tw- I go to social media, and I'll see hundreds of people saying how much they like the show, and then one person that said they didn't like the show, and I find myself commenting on that one person that has 14 followers as opposed to all the positive comments. To me, when somebody is that ignorant making those comments that he did about Sonny Kiss, and I'm not going to say who it was, and I'm obviously not going to say what the comments were, you know, block, mute, do whatever, but the last thing you should do is retweet and comment because that is just going to spread those ignorant comments to other people. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You know what? To go back to our conversation, Gabby, um, I believe that um, we uh, that Sonny Kiss is going to be joining us this week on Busted Open, correct? That is correct. He, tomorrow, guys, with you and Bully Ray at 11 a.m. Okay, great. So we'll have Sonny Kiss on because we just mentioned that tweet that was sent out and that everybody was talking about and commenting on. Um, Sonny Kiss, who is going to be challenging Cody Rhodes for that TNT championship, will be joining us tomorrow here on Busted Open for a first time ever on Busted Open. Looking forward to talking to Sonny Kiss not only about that championship match on Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, but also uh, his tag team partner, Joey Janela. So a lot to talk about with Sunday Kiss for a first time on Bust. How Road. much how much fun did we have in the ECW arena when you refereed that night when it was me, Dreamer, Sunny Kiss? Who else was involved? Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. We had a blast, didn't we? It was maybe uh the my favorite moment of my career, quite honestly. Did, to be did, able to ref a match in the ECW arena with Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. And then, you know, to add on top of it, Sonny Kiss and Orange Cassidy being involved, that was amazing. Did Sonny Kiss's lifestyle have anything to do with the match or how much fun we had? No, I mean, no, but he has this personality and character that is so contagious that, like, he's amazing in the ring. Like, My point I mean, is, why would you ever look at this guy and say, well, where's the negativity? He's a performer. I don't care about his lifestyle, whatever. It's great. All I care about is that when your music hits, you can come to the ring, entertain your ass off. And Sonny Kiss has a great ass. Entertain he your ass. He's got some glutes. He put some time in. Phenomenal deep, shape, Sonny Kiss. Deep lunges, deep lunges. He made me and Dreamer look fat. Um... I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I'm keeping my mouth shut. My point is, this guy's a fun entertainer, a fun performer. And and I'm just going to speak for me personally for one second, Dave. I am very protective of a lot of things I have done over the years. There are things I would do, things I would not do, because I just don't think it fits the character. You would never see Bully Ray take um 
I don't even want to give him any. I don't, I don't even. You would never see me do the dick flip, okay? I just won't okay. do it. Doing Orange Cassidy stuff all day long. All day long. Because it's entertaining. Teaming with Sonny, you know, doing stuff with Sonny, it's entertaining all day long. That's all it's about. Don't care about your, your, your personal life. Don't even, don't even care about your personal issues. I remember when Jeff Hardy had the problem where, you know, the match with Sting. Remember that whole mm -hmm. debacle in oh, where, yeah. wherever it was in yeah. DNA and blah, blah. I remember when Jeff came back to the company and they made him apologize to the locker room. And they put Jeff in front of the whole locker room. Jeff's got to apologize. He's like, I'm really sorry, blah, 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 blah. You know, they said, then they said at the end of the meeting, uh, does anybody have anything to say? And I said, yeah, I do. I said, Jeff, I really could care less about all of these things that went on. All I care about is that you can still hit your finish. Now let's go out there and make some money. All of this outside stuff is noise. We're performers. When your music hits, get in there, you perform, you tear the house down, and then you go home. Yeah, and 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 I'll take it a step further, bully. And and I'm glad you said that. And 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 I, and there's truth, obviously, to what you're saying, especially when it comes to Jeff Hardy. You know, Jeff Hardy made mistakes, and look, he's Jeff Hardy. He's a legend. He's you know, he's when he decides to step down, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, just like you are a first ballot Hall of Famer in the WWE. But like with Sonny Kiss, his lifestyle, his personality—that's what makes Sonny Kiss Sonny Kiss. Like that's what you know, that's what I love about the you know meeting Sonny Kiss. You know, outside the ring. And the sunny kiss that's inside the ring, not a big difference between the sunny kiss inside the ring and outside the ring. That that sunny kiss, that that so what? That's his personality. That's there's nothing wrong. That's awesome. I I I think he's a phenomenal wrestler, and I also think he's a phenomenal, fun person that I enjoyed spending time with when I was in the ECW arena with you. Like you know, it's time again, bully. We talk about this all the time. We talked about this with everything that's going on in the world right now. It's time for people to accept people for who they are. Just because they're not who you are doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it different. And that's and that's the bottom line. If the one thing we've learned in 2020, it's time for people to accept other people, even they though they may not have the same beliefs or same lifestyle as you. The biggest name. Best in baseball. Derek Jeter, what a player. You can't say enough about him. He's a winner. Derek, welcome to Cooperstown. The best in baseball are on MLB Network Radio. We'd like to welcome Derek Jeter. One of the things that I've always struggled with throughout my career is enjoying the moment and enjoying the journey because it's always like, what's next, what's next? This is it. There's nothing next. This is the highest honor. MLB Network Radio. Sirius 209 XM89. And on your phone with the Sirius XM Doing the power rankings a little different. So I'm uh, not going to have much sound uh, from the power rankings today just because, hint, hint, some of my power rankings are from Dominion. So we're able to get the sound from that. So I'm just going to do it off the cuff if you don't mind, Bully. Are you cool yeah, with that? Yeah, do it. I I'll provide the sound from, from the Japanese shows. Okay, here we go. This won't be. This is actually going... Back to Wednesday with AEW Dynamite. And this one's going to be a little bit odd for a lot of people because they're going to be like, well, we expected him to win. But it's not just the win, it's the performance, which I think was very, very underrated from last week and something we didn't talk enough about. And at number five, Bully, 
I have Chris Jericho, who is in the match with Orange Cassidy in the main event of AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest on Wednesday. Now, did you expect Chris Jericho to win? Yes. Did Orange Cassidy have a tremendous performance? Yes. But what a lot of people weren't talking about coming out of that match is just a great performance by Chris Jericho. And even though he had the tough competition on the other side with the Great American Bash in their main event, which I'll talk about in a little bit, Chris Jericho had one hell of a win and a performance in the main event of Fighter Fest. So I have Chris Jericho at number five. At number four, even though it was a non-title match, and boy, the WWE, even going back to SmackDown from Friday, loves non-title matches. But after a big win on Monday Night Raw, Asuka, your Raw Women's Champion, is at number four. It seems now that Charlotte's out of the picture, Bully, that Asuka and Sasha are really coming into the spotlight in a big way. Sasha Banks, obviously, with her popularity, but Asuka, what she's able to do in the ring and her character. You know... It wasn't that long ago, Bully, that Asuka wasn't on TV at all. And then when we were sp speaking about Asuka, it was about her commentary. Well, now she's a champion, and she's really doing it in a big way. And Asuka is at number four. At number three, Bully, we're going to go to Dominion from this past weekend. And what a hell of a show that we, we saw. And at number three, I have Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., who are now your new IWGP Tag Team Champions beating Tanahashi and Ibushi. Tanahashi and Ibushi. Think of those names, Tanahashi and Ibushi. And to be new IW Heavyweight Tag Team Champions and to be, you know, somebody who I have said, Bully, is maybe the greatest pro wrestler in the history of New Japan. So I have them at number three. Now, this is where the controversy comes in because... Number two is somebody that already on social media people are saying is number one on my power rankings. And I'm, I'm sorry, but he's not. It's, it, it was a historic win. It's somebody who he, who he had on the show. But Keith Lee is at number two on my power rankings this week. Again, historic. And if Bully, if this was any other week, any other week, he would be number one. But unfortunately, it, it does not compare to what we saw this weekend. And at number one, I have to put, you're not only your new IWGP Intercontinental Champion, not only your new IWGP Heavyweight Champion, but now newest member of the Bullet Club and Evil at number one. So for my power rankings this week, Chris Jericho at five, Asuka at four, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. at three, Keith Lee at two, and at number one, evil here's the japanese crowd reacting to your power rankings Whoa! polite clap why to me there's only one reason that evil should be over keith lee i agree with your number one and your number two but i just want to see what your thought process process is why evil over Keith Lee? Based on because one thing. Is the, the prestige that surrounds the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. You know, we, I, can, I can talk to him blue in the face about the uh, 10 pounds of gold of the NWA. That's, listen, Nick Aldis has done a great job with that championship, and it's about the nostalgia and the history. 
there is nothing that touches the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. It's without a doubt the most prestigious championship. And a lot of times here in America, we forget about the titles and what the titles mean. That is not the case when it comes to New Japan. And that is not the case when it comes to that IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And to me, that is the most prestigious championship. And whoever wins it, and when there's a new champion, they're always going to be my number one. And to, and, and to really drive it home, because this is the truth, the IWGP World Championship and the NXT World Championship should not even be talked about in the same breath. Yes or no? Uh, 100%. It's not even, like, to quote Pulp Fiction, it's not even in the same stadium. It's not even in the same sport. When you, when you compare that NXT championship and the IWGP championship. Absolutely. So, bravo, LaGreca. You got it right. Wow, that's amazing. Now, really quick, Bully. You know, this doesn't take anything away from Keith Lee. We had Keith Lee on as a guest on our show. Amazing. Uh, what he was able to do to win that North American championship or retain the North American championship and also to win that NXT championship from Adam Cole, who has been the champion for over a year, that I have said repeatedly is the greatest NXT champion of all time. Believe me. If what happened did not happen this weekend by a mile, Keith Lee would be number one on my power rankings. But you have to understand what took place with Evil. You know, to turn on his friend Naito, his partner Naito, to become a new member of the Bullet Club. This is now really, to me, rejuvenated Bullet Club. You know, Bullet Club has kind of been out of the spotlight lately. It's all everyone was talking about this weekend. And Bullet Club is back. And it may not be back to where it was before, but I think this is that first step of prominence when it comes to the Bullet Club. And now Evil, like we're talking about the prestige of that IWGP Heavyweight Championship, he's also the Intercontinental Championship on top of it. And he beat, look, look at the road from that cup. Like you mentioned, he was your number one last week. Why? Because he beat Okada. Some people would say that Okada is the, the greatest wrestler in the world right now. He beats Okada and then beats probably the most popular wrestler in New Japan in Naito. And Evil right now is, and this is the beauty of New Japan, because you always talk about, Bully, how you got involved with the show. It's the conversation that you and I had about Okada and, and, um, and uh, Kenny. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Think about where New Japan was just, what, three and a half years ago? where it was dominated by Kenny Omega and Okada, especially Okada. Think about it. Tanahashi was the, is the history. Then it goes from Tanahashi to Okada. And then it goes to Naito. Now evil is a made man. This is not like, I, it's hard to describe to people what this means for New Japan and what it means for IWGP Heavyweight Championship and what it means for evil. Like when you win this championship title, you're not the man of the moment. You're a made man. You know, they show this is like the mafia opening up the books on you and you becoming a boss. Yes, it really is. Like before, ev before every IWGP heavyweight title defense, they show all the former champions on video. You see all the former champions. And there's been a lot because think about that. You know, you before every championship match, 
the names and the pictures of those people that held the title before them will be shown. It's it, You can't forget who they are because you get those constant remembrances. And right now, in just the last few years, Okada, Naito, and now Evil are people that you look on. Kenny Omega, you throw Kenny Omega in there as well. They are part of history. You know, this this title doesn't just like, it's not hot potato. It doesn't go from wrestler to wrestler to wrestler where you don't even remember who, you know, won it the last 12 months. This is not the case with the IWGP heavyweight champion. Evil, like you said, Bully, is now a made man in New Japan. So I just want to talk about what you said about Evil joining the Bullet Club, breathing life into the Bullet Club. Um, I kind of see where you're coming from, but I don't think the Bullet Club has been anywhere near what it was in the past. And I'm not even talking about like when Cody and the Bucks are there. It's just that original inception of the Bullet Club, the heydays of the Bullet Club. Evil being there is cool. Jay White as the head of the Bullet Club, I'm still on the fence with because I don't think Jay White has the personality to be the leader of a group like the Bullet Club. I'm not talking about Jay White in the ring. Jay White is freaking phenomenal in the ring, yada, yada. But the Bullet Club was something special. It had that NWO-esque feel. Um, To me... Tama Tonga has to take control of the Bullet Club because he has that edginess. He has that killer instinct, that vibe. I want to see Tama be the head of the Bullet Club. That's where I think it works. Him as the spokesperson for that club, I think, restores it to its original badassery. That's just my take on the Bullet Club. I, I, and in, in, in some ways, I understand Jay White being the leader of the Bullet Club. But I agree with you, Bully, and I think they pushed him into that position way too soon. I don't think he was ready for it, and I agree with you. And and listen, I like Jay White. He's very skilled in the ring. He does not have the personality to be a leader of the Bullet Club, but I think, what, he's like the fifth leader of the Bullet Club? There's only—it's a very short list who have led— the Bullet Club. AJ Styles corrected me when we had him on, Bully, if you remember. He was never, think about it, AJ Styles was never the leader of the Bullet Club. Like, and Jay White's the leader of the Bullet Club? I'm sorry, but like, he just, he, he he's not there yet. And I think you're right. I think changes need to be made. And maybe changes are going to be made within the Bullet Club. What if, what if, if at some point, evil becomes the leader of the Bullet Club? Is that, is that a little bit of an improvement over Jay White? Uh, yes, evil over Jay White is an improvement, but still not as great of a choice as Tama Tonga. That's the guy. That's the guy who should be the leader of that crew. That's the guy with the personality. That's what the guy that has the larger than life feel. That's the guy that when he talks, I believe. That's the guy who has that edginess, that anger. That that to me, that's it. That's just a little separate thing that I wanted to you know. Go ahead. I, no, and really quick, I I would think that evil is become the leader of the Bullet Club. If, if, if he's, if he's going to hold on to the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship, I think that, you know, just from prominence and holding those two titles, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Bullet Club moving forward because Jay White pales in comparison to Evil when he's holding those two straps above his head. 
I agree. Uh, on a side note, personal note with Evil, I'm really happy for him. I got to see this kid start from day one in New Japan as a young boy, work his way up the ranks. Got to work with him a bunch of times. Uh, great dude. What? Uh, it was fun to see his star, you know, start to grow over the years and now shining bright as the IWGP champion. One of the weirdest matches I've ever had in my career was against Evil. Me versus Evil in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland. And uh, Dave, I can't even describe the atmosphere. It was so weird. They actually, they were cheering for Evil, but then they were cheering for me. Then they were cheering for Evil, and they would cheer for me. And I, I picked up the microphone in the, mic in the middle of the match. I stopped the match, and I'm like, you're the most fickle crowd I've ever seen in my life. And they started chanting, we are fickle. <laughs> and there you have it. That's my story. Me versus Evil in Edinburgh, Scotland. So congratulations to him. You got it right with him at number one, as I had him last week at number one. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Bully, people keep talking about, you know, when crowds come back again, when crowds come back again. When we first had this discussion in March, we weren't thinking we'd be having the same discussion in the middle of July. But here we are in the middle of July having this same discussion. I, I don't think you can rely on the old when things get back to normal and when crowds come back. I, I, I don't think as a company and as a business – bully right now you can stand by that because who knows when that's going to happen november 4th yeah when you do well you know and a lot of people think that when so once election time rolls around that things are going to be different but honestly bully we honestly don't know a company can't say hey this is a holding pattern until things get better when you have a weekly tv show and it's in prime time and you have seven hours of live programming now having, you know, pay-per-views as well, Bully. You can't rely on that holding pattern anymore. And I think that's what the WWE is doing. This is their way of saying, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take the bull by the horns and we're going to go in a completely different direction than anyone was expecting. And I think the mentality of not staying in a holding pattern has actually... I don't want to use the word hurt, but not, but not, has not benefited certain talents. Like, I don't think um, Brody Lee, uh, as the leader of the, uh, of the, um, yeah, the, uh, the exalted the dark one, order. Or, yeah, not that he order. was a bad choice. I just think that because AEW had to go full blown and could not hold back on anything, being, not being in front of a crowd hurt that a little bit. I think Matt Hardy with Broken yes. Matt. I think Broken Matt was affected. Look at the position they've had to put Matt in now. Kind of hanging out with Pat, Private Party, being a manager, throwing Matt Hardy in every once in a while. I don't think AEW's original plan was to have to go back to Matt, regular Matt Hardy this soon because Broken Matt Hardy was such a big deal. But Broken Matt and Hardy is not going to resonate as much 
in the COVID times. These are, are characters and angles that need the crowd. But wrestling companies are not in a position right now to hold back. Because what matters the most right now? The rating. Yeah. It's all about the rating. It doesn't matter if there's people there or not. The rating. Look, everybody's talking about this whole AEW versus, you know, NXT, the rating, the this, that. It really is the only number that anybody has to go on these days. And the way I look at it is, you know, like one company did 790,000 viewers and another company did 720,000 viewers. And so that tells me 1.5 million people were watching wrestling on Wednesday night. Great. Awesome. You know, yeah. well, this company won this and then we won this demographic, but we won overall and this and that. Listen, I can make an argument for both. You won, you won. Okay, great. You both won. Have a nice day. What do you got for me? Your shows are over. What do you got for me next week? Yeah, and I and I think bully like and and now we're getting into a little bit of a comfort zone. Now we could be throwing a curve like we did a few weeks ago, where there was a huge difference between AEW and NXT, and that's showing that hey, you know, you can't take any weeks off, which is good for us, the viewer. But I think now, bully, the numbers are so close. I mean, I, I think they are both winning. When you look at demographic and you look at the viewer, and again, the NXT viewer, over the average age is over 50, which blows my mind, but still, it's still a strong number. They got to figure out that the only people that matter are the people that are sitting on their couch and watching on TV. We don't have a live audience. So you got to have to evolve to that. You can't think of like, all right, six months ahead or a year ahead, you know, we're, we're going to get crowds back and everything's going to be back to normal. You can't have that mindset more than ever. You have to think week to week. You have to think of, all right, what are we going to do next week? That's going to attract more viewers or keep our audience. And to me, AEW has that mindset. NXT has that mindset. But when I'm watching now with Raw and SmackDown, I don't think they have that mindset. I really don't. Because I think we've been getting a lot weaker shows from Raw and SmackDown than we certainly are from AEW and NXT. And even Impact at this point are giving us stronger shows week to week than the WWE on their main roster right now. And I think we're even in more of a here today, gone tomorrow type of um, situation with pro wrestling right now. It's like on any given night, you have that amount of time to entertain me and probably about, uh, I'll say, I was going to say 15 to 20 minutes later, you forget about it, but I'm going to, but I'm going to include our show. Once our show is over, that's when you forget about it. Cause I think enough people tune into any particular wrestling show on TV, then tune into, uh, you know, our show to hear to what we have to say. And then after that, it's all over. It's like, yeah, it's done with, it's gone. Okay. Well, we got this rating. Okay, fine. Great. Good job. What do you got for me next week? I don't really, I can sit here and talk with you about the rating, Dave. And listen, you know how I always do that thing where I say, well, I could make an argument for this or I could make an argument for that if I was a lawyer presenting my case? You take last week. My God, I, I could argue for either one of those companies and, and, and you'd probably have a hung jury. First of all, do we really care who won in the ratings last week? No, it's fun to talk about. It's a, it's 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 a fun topic for conversation, but you know, to me as a fan, no, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't right. matter. So so like in your opinion, just curious, who won last week? They both did. 
They both won because I think like you saying like 1.5 million people viewed AEW and NXT, you, you know, uh, uh, Tony Khan has been very vocal that they've been winning that 18 to, to 49 demographic and they're dominating in that demographic. Jericho has been very outspoken about their, hey, that's the demographic that TV and sponsors care about. But the overall number. It's NXT. So, you know, you can say, hey, well, we have the biggest overall number. So, yeah, you both, if you both can make cases that you won and you have a million and a half people watching pro wrestling on a Wednesday, then guess what? Pro wrestling wins on Wednesdays. Dave, if you have the number one defense in the league and I have the worst offense in the league, but you beat me 16 to 13, who won? The, the person who adds the victory, the person who won. doesn't right. matter if you have the number one defense. It's who wins at the end and of the day. Even if I rushed for 400 yards and threw for 300 yards as the worst offense with you having the best defense, it's the overall number that I guess truly wins. Like, I don't remember back in the day with, with Nitro and Raw. Like, I guess the 18 to 49. Yeah, I get it. The advertising dollars, that's who you're catering to. But I... You can make just as much of an argument for an overall victory as an argument for an 18 to 49 victory. I think they are as important. Now, when it comes to advertising dollars and spending money, obviously the 18 to 49 is what you're going for. But the loyalty of that 50 plus demographic is what's carrying the WWE. So, I think the lo customer loyalty and brand loyalty is very, very important. But winning the 18 to 49 it's is important just too. See, it, 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 it almost cancels each other out. I, 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 I believe it. And then, but you know, when you look at the WWE, when you look at the primetime shows on Friday for SmackDown, you know, SmackDown is consistently losing to the other major networks except in that 18 to 49 demographic. They're winning the 18 to 49 demographic. So is it bad that they're in fourth place each and every Friday? Yeah, it's, it sounds bad. But at the same time, they're winning the 18 to 49 demographic. So, I mean, you know, it's funny how NXT is relying on that over 50 viewer to win. And SmackDown on Fridays are relying to that 18 to 49 demographic to get viewers to tune in on Friday. It's funny to me that NXT is really, re of all the shows, NXT more than any other show for the WWE is re relying on the over 50 demographic to win the night. Did you have a take on Jericho and Tony Khan tweeting about the ratings? And I'll use the word defending the ratings or sticking up for their rating. Was do you have a take on that at all? Yeah, I, I think that I, I think personally, it's okay. I, I think it's okay for Jericho because for Jericho, he was in that WWE world. You know, he is somebody that's kind of up on ratings and things about of that nature. And he wants to justify the move that he made from the WWE to AEW. So I understand Jericho doing it. I, I am scratching my head over Tony Khan. Because would Vince McMahon ever tweet out like, yo, this demographic? Would Triple H ever tweet out about a demographic? Triple H is more about like, you know, overall 
Um, hey, he even sent out the tweet about the congratulations to AEW early on. I, I don't think that somebody like Tony Khan, in my opinion, should be tweeting out like about the ratings and stuff. That's just me. I mean, you know, but, but he comes from the world of the NFL where Jerry Jones has no problem talking about those things. So, I mean, and then, and he's younger. So, you know, maybe, you know, being younger and social media being such an impact for younger people, maybe this is the way of the new world bully. I, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. And I think that's where that's what makes it interesting, because you said what I think everybody else w- was thinking. Would Vince McMahon ever do this? Would Triple H ever do this? No, because they are old school wrestling mentalities. I believe Tony Khan being younger, maybe even being a little bit more in tune with his social media audience is like, I'm going after this. I'm not going to let anybody get the impression or have the thought that we were beaten. I'm going to take to social media and I'm going to reassure our fan base that we're putting out a great product. We're appreciative of the fan base who's been tuning in. And we actually won because the fan base that we have been catering to tuned into our show more than the other show. So I understand he's get. I think I think with the world we're living in today, you have to get out ahead in front of everything you have. You're the best. The the best defense is a good offense. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.